0: Philippians chapter 4, I'm just going to read one verse, verse number 19, and then we will move along into the word of the Lord today, and I feel that I want to encourage somebody this morning with a word of faith today. Philippians chapter 4, and this passage, of course, is so very familiar, and I'm certain that as I begin to read it today, it's going to speak into your spirit, and it's going to, you're going to remember and recognize it today. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Come on, read it with me out loud this morning. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift up your voice with that hand clap today and let's thank him for his word. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you today. You can be seated. I would say that perhaps close to half of the folks that are in this room today were able to gather with us yesterday at the campus and be part of uh, our first official demolition day. And as I looked over the accomplishments of yesterday, I was reminded of the nation of Israel whom when met with impossible situations that God came through in a mighty way and delivered them every time. And I kind of feel like CLC is in that position today. I kind of want to look at the devil and say don't mess with us. Because this church has the hand of the Lord upon it. And when the hand of the Lord is upon his people, they are unstoppable. And what a great day we had yesterday. And I do want to say thank you to all those who showed up. And I'll spend more time and officially say more about that in the service this evening. But as I looked over the accomplishments of yesterday and and saw that our expectations were exceeded in every way, and I, I saw every man and every woman that was there yesterday uh, busy, busy in themselves. Uh, and I, and I want to say there's a difference in being busy. A lot of folks say, uh, will say to me, well, Pastor, I know you're busy. I know you're busy. And busy's not always good, but productive is always good. And so, I don't always just want to be busy; I want to be productive, but yesterday was an incredibly productive day, and everyone was uh just engaged in in whatever that they could do and uh I was just so impressed as I watched some who maybe uh maybe lack youth or uh maybe don't don't have physical abilities to be able to to uh to typically um, stay engaged for a long period of time that just stayed engaged yesterday, and it was an incredible, incredible day, and, and we appreciate all of that. But my, my purpose for even opening this message today to, to share uh, these thank yous with those that may not be here tonight to hear me be more official in my, in my thank yous, I, I just want to remind you today that God always supplies the needs of His people. We have scripture and verse to give us assurance that God will never leave us nor forsake us. And when, when I look through the scripture, at the thread of scripture that begins to unfold to tell us that God has more than enough to meet our need. It thrills me and excites me because the times that I become afraid and I become nervous whether it's personally or as the leader of the church, I always feel foolish when I get into the word of the Lord and begin to study the word of the Lord and begin to see that we really have nothing to fear and we really have nothing to dread because he has always seen his people through. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus in the third chapter, and the 20th verse, and he said now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And then he puts a little phrase in there that I want to pull uh, pull a little bit of uh, pull a little bit of encouragement out of. He says according to the power of that worketh in us. Now, I want you to look at your neighbor this morning and say, how much power works in you? How much power works in you? Now, unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Now, we can ask some strange things and... uh, my, my imagination is almost unlimited. I can think up some crazy things, but no matter how lofty that my thinking can be or no matter how incredible uh, your questions may be, God is able to do more than you're able to ask. And God is able to do more than what you're able to think of. And He does it according to the power that works in us. That is the power of the Holy Ghost. If you don't know about this power this morning, I'm going to try to help you understand the importance of the power of the Holy Ghost that works in us. Because the way God works, He always works through His people. He always is chosen a man to speak through. And if he can find no man, then he'll choose a donkey. There's still a little hope for me even. God God will always first try to work through his people. He will always first try to work through a man. But I came today to tell you that if he can't find his people, he'll raise up a people. He even said to one who was criticizing the way that they were worshiping, he said, if these hold their peace, I will cause the very rocks to cry out. That's why I want to warn us this morning that we better be careful how we we hold back what belongs to the Lord. God is wanting praise to come through His people. God is wanting His voice to be spoken through His people. And that power that works within you and within me is a power that is unlimited because it is connected to the resources of heaven. Now let me break this down for you and give you some time today to be able to ingest what I am speaking to you this morning. The power of the Holy Ghost that works through us is the power of God at work. God could speak and it could be. God could have spoken yesterday, and He could have caused a tornado to come by and taken care of the roof for us. But God so often chooses to work through his people. And I saw some this morning that came in with bandages and band-aids from scrapes and scratches and bruises. And I smelled the smell of been gay. I'm only kidding, I can't smell anything. <laughs> Folks come in this morning and the word was not, hey pastor, how are you today? It was, hey pastor, how are you feeling? With a real skeptical look of your back should be hurting or you you should be sore. I'm actually feeling great. I spent most of the day on, on, on a skid steer. So. And I never hear the end of that from my boys either. But the power of God does not always work through a whirlwind. The power of God does not always work where God just says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cause men to fall in the wilderness. God can do that. But then he's going to turn around and he says, you know, I, I, that's not how I, I'm going to work throughout all time. And so you're going to have to get out of your tent and you're going to have to go collect the manna. He put fish in a fish's mouth, but he said, you're going to have to get up and you're going to have to go fishing. And he gives us the ability and the power, and he allows the power or the resource or the source to work through his people. Somebody say amen. Amen. <coughs> now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we are able to ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto Him be glory in the church. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world, without end. My God has more than what you can ask. And my God has more than what you can think of. And He is able to perform it through His people. Whatever you need this morning, God's got it. You need physical healing, God's got it. You need, you need strength and help this morning, God's got it. You need financial help today, God's got it. And there is a resource that is connected to heaven by the power of the Holy Ghost that works through you. So whatever you need, God's got it. I debated on whether it was appropriate to tell this story this morning or not, and so hopefully no one is offended at the conclusion of this story. If you are, you can get a life. My pastor, Brother Mooney, shared with me a story during his pastorate in Muskegon, Michigan. Now, first, let me tell you that if anything, uh, if anything, Brother Moody perhaps is known by, it's more than just receiving offerings. He has the most outlandish, craziest things that happened to him, and he preaches about every one of them. He told a story about being in a building program in Muskegon, Michigan. During the building program, I heard Brother Danny kind of snicker behind me because he knows this story. During the the building project, the church was getting in need, and they needed to raise some money, and they were needing to move forward with the building project. And so, uh, Brother Moody got up. He told the congregation, we, "We're going to have to receive a, a special offering. We have a need, and we're going to come together and we're going to give." He told them how they were going to go about it, what they were going to do. And this lady that had only attended two or three times got up from the back of the church and she came walking forward right in front of God and everybody. Right to the front of the congregation she came, she came forward and she says, Pastor, how much money does the church need? He said, well, the church is needing about $5,000. Now remember this was several years ago. He said, the church is needing about $5,000. So she reached down in her blouse And she pulled out a roll of $100 bills he said was this large. And she started counting out, and she counted out $5,000 exactly. And she turned and looked at him, and she said, There's more where that came from. (laughs) Now, God supplied the need. And there was more where that came from. Now, I can possibly, can't possibly imagine that that's how God's going to supply every need that we have. But I am coming today. First off, I wanted to make sure you were awakened with me this morning. But I do want to tell you that every time that God blesses you, there's more where that came from. Because the resources of heaven is unlimited. And God is not lacking and he is not, he is not a poor God. He is not a broke God. He is not a God that is lacking resources. If you need forgiveness today, He's already paid the price for all mankind. If you need the Holy Ghost today, there's enough to go around. Whatever you need, there are unlimited resources. If you need healing today, by His stripes, we are healed. You need strength today, the Lord has whatever you need, and there's more where that came from. The Bible is full of examples where the need was met. And more than enough to meet the need was supplied. I'm reminded that when, during the building of the temple, that people were asked to give and they were asked to bring and there were specifics given to how they were to give. And the people started coming and they started giving. And they gave so much that Moses had to tell them to stop giving. Now that's an incredible story and a dream for every pastor that people gave until he said, wait, the need is met, don't give anymore. But I I come this morning with the kind of faith to tell you that whatever that you need, that God has a resource that he can reach down and bring and help you with and I'm not preaching about money this morning whatsoever but I am coming today to tell you that whatever it is that you need from the Lord you need to just anchor yourself on the rock of faith and declare God's got whatever I need he has enough to meet my need and he's got enough to meet your need and enough to meet your need and your need and your need and your need. well pastor when's God going to run out. He's not going to run out because he has more than enough. Yes. That's right. Now, some of you may be aware that I have been working with a church in Seattle, Washington pastored by Pastor Gary Blaylock who is the district secretary of the Washington District of the United Pentecostal Church. It's not a large church. It's a church of about 70 or 80 people. Brother Blaylock uh, his church has grown. They have a building that seats about, I don't know, maybe a hundred people. Very nice little building sitting on a corner. And the church bought two houses next door. And they were getting ready to tear those down and to rebuild when the city came in. And of course, if you know about uh, the Pacific Northwest, it is a very, very, very liberal area. And they actually are in the, the city limits of Montlake Terrace, which is about 20 minutes north of downtown Seattle. And they were reaching for permits to tear down the two houses that are there and build a new building. And they received a letter from the city say, stating that we don't want a church. We're not going to let you build. He has a whole total of about 15 parking spaces and he's worked out agreements with neighbors and people around to try to park all the cars and literally had reached a point that they did not have any other options but to build and to expand their parking. I think we know a little bit about that. And in the middle of all this, the city of course began to help them, a developer came in. And made an offer on the building. The city gave them no other recourse. Uh, the city was going to possibly even look at taking the building and the property for uh, for itself. And uh, through in, imminent domain. And uh, so they knew it was the best move they could make. And so they struck an agreement with this developer. And now we have an established church uh, with about 70 or 80 people. And they now no longer going to have a building to worship in as of January the 1st. Didn't know what they were going to do. So he called me to come in and to present to them the process of capital stewardship. And they wanted to establish a capital stewardship uh, program in their church. And so my wife and I and Sister Cheryl flew out to Seattle and we worked several days with them helping them establish the process and get it enacted and Operating in their church, and it came time for their commitments, and their commitments came in and exceeded their expectation. They were rejoicing; they were thrilled. Came time for the first fruits offering, and Pastor Blaylock called me on the phone and he said, "Brother Jordan, we're just thrilled with what God is doing." He said, uh, "We're expecting a first fruits offering of about seven to ten thousand dollars." He said, "This is not nowhere close to what we needed." He said, we needed about $100,000. That was really what we needed by January 1. We have located another building. We need to be able to buy that building. We need $100,000. He said, you told me up front that we couldn't do it. I understand it. I appreciate the work that you've done, the help you've given us. We're going to get there. Perhaps we're going to have to rent for a little while. And then as we raise the funds, we'll be able to come back and be able to make an offer and purchase a property in the future. But uh, we're, I'm going to ask you to pray with us about uh, about this hundred thousand, and we need to get there as soon as possible. And I told him I would be praying, and we would we would believe that the Lord would supply the need. So the first fruits offering Sunday came, and I had a meeting uh, appointment set with him, phone appointment set with him for Tuesday. And when Monday came around, it wasn't too. Late on Monday till my phone rang, and I saw it was Brother Blaylock. So I answered the phone, and on the other end, he said, Well, I've got good news, and I've got bad news. And I said, Well, give me the bad news first. And he said, My wife has been diagnosed with an incurable disease. What a terrible report it was. He said, But on a good, on a good side, he said, Yesterday just absolutely blew our mind, and God exceeded our expectation. I said, "Well, tell me, Pastor, how did things go?" He said, "Well, we were believing for seven to ten thousand dollars in an offering. When the offering was completed and counted, we had over thirty-five thousand dollars that came in for our capital campaign. We're talking about a church of seventy people." He said, "But that's not all." He said, "We were asking God for the hundred thousand. You remember?" I said, "Absolutely." He said, after church, the offering was counted. He said, there was a man that hung around the church for a little while. He said, at the conclusion, he was the last person there. He said, he came walking up to me after everybody had left. He had an envelope in his hand. He said, Pastor, I've been through this capital campaign. And he said, I realized that over the last good while that my wife and I have never paid our tithing according to the way that you teach and the Bible teaches and what I've learned during this capital campaign. He said, I just want to give you this check to put wherever it needs to go because I want to see this capital campaign succeed and I want to make sure that I'm right with God and my money is blessed. He handed him an envelope. He said, Brother Jordan, I tore open the envelope. I reached in. I pulled out a $75,000 check, totaling our offering at $110,000. The question and the prayer to the Lord was a hundred thousand. Seemed impossible. Seven to ten thousand is what he was expecting, but the Lord came through with not enough, but more than enough. I want to encourage somebody today that whatever you're believing God for, just go ahead and believe him because God is able to exceed your expectations. I want to encourage somebody today to know that. God can speak a word, and a miracle can happen in your life. The Lord taught the disciples some very valuable lessons. They were skilled fishermen. They really didn't need to ask the Lord anything. Here, Jesus is walking with them and talking with them, and I could see—you know—I could—I could could kind of see how it would work, you know. Well, now listen, Jesus. If well, it's—it's odd to call you Jesus. But listen, Jesus, I mean, if you ever need any fishing tips, you know, I know you can walk on water, but you know, catching fish, that's my business. That's that's what I you you can imagine, and and I could just see Jesus giving them that Dan Lytle smirk. (laughs) So they fished all night and they caught nothing. He said, well. So much for your fishing tips. See, we get it all wrong. We think we have the answers. We think we have it all figured out. He said, if you'd just take and cast your net on the other side, <laughs> look, we fished all night. Really, you expect us to go back? I'm not doing that where well, you're gonna miss your miracle. I, I-, I want to help somebody today. Because sometimes things seem silly to us, they seem strange to us, they seem awkward to us. You mean really I fished all day and you're telling me to go out? We we, we fished all night and now you're telling me that we're cleaning nets and we ought to go back and go to the other side and cast our net and that we're going. The Lord said go do it and when they did it at His word, the nets could not even hold what they were able to pull in. I came today to tell you that when God gives you a nudge, God gives you a push. God speaks a word into your life. You better respond to what God is doing. It may be a load of fish that your boats cannot even hold themselves. The Lord stepped in, and at His command, He was able to give them more than what they were able to even ask for. My God has more than enough to meet your need. I, I, was, I was thanking God last night in, in, in a time of prayer. I was thanking God for the great day yesterday and, and everybody healthy except Spencer who stepped on a an nail and, and it's the end of the world. I would rather have God on my side than 10,000 men. No, wait, Pastor, you're telling me. I'm telling you, I would rather have God on my side than 10,000 men. Because if God be for us, who can be against us? If God is on our side, whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear if a host rose up against me? They would stumble and fall because it is the Lord who is on our side. I come this morning to tell you that I would rather have God on my side than the top medical uh, professionals. I would rather have God on my side than, than the best bankers. I would rather have God on my side than the best of the best. I need God on my side. If God be for us, all our labor would amount to nothing if God's not on our side. But if God is in it, nothing can stop us. I'm trying to encourage somebody today to tell you that with God we can do more than our expectations can ever possibly imagine. And if we ever get to the point of thinking that we can do it on our own, let me remind you of a little story of some guys who called themselves prophets. They were prophets. They were false prophets. They were idol-worshiping prophets. They jumped on altars and cut themselves with lancets from morning until evening. And they cried out to Baal. But at the end of the day, they were a bunch of tired and cut false prophets but one prophet of God with faith that God has given them according to the power that works in you. I'm trying to help somebody this morning. According to the power that worketh in us, that power working in him. Here is Elijah who steps up against all the prophets of Baal and he prays a short little prayer to the king of kings and lord of lords of all heaven. And water begins to fall out of heaven. Now I come this morning to tell you that fire began to fall out of heaven. After they had poured water on the altar and on the sacrifice and wet everything. And then he prays a simple prayer and fire comes from heaven and consumes the sacrifice. I'm telling you, I would rather have God on my side than all the gifts, all the talents, everything. I want God on my side. Can I tell you that everything you need from the Lord will come through Faith if I can if I can increase you your ability this morning to have faith and trust God, whatever you need God will supply and can I go a little further and tell you today that God knows exactly what you need He's not stumbling at what you need we we often don't know what we need much less what we want. The greatest arguments in the Jordan household come over. Where are we going to eat? I don't care. Well, let's go here. I don't want that. Am I the only one with that problem? You know why? We're spoiled. We don't even know what we want, much less what we need. But the Scripture tells us that God is able to supply all our need. But my God shall, now that that word is, is an absolute positive, but my God shall supply all your need. Well, I want this and I want that. He didn't say I'll give you your wants, but he did say that whatever you have need of, when you ask in prayer believing that God is able to perform it. And God has an ample supply. There's no shortage. Well, all all I have is five loaves and two fish. Put it in the hands of the Lord and watch what he does with it because God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Not your riches and glory, his riches and glory. I'm going to quickly close this morning. We often want God to to bless us in abundance. We want Him to do it ahead of time. Well, God, if you'll do this before I have a chance to do it for myself, it'd be real nice. We put God to miniature human reasoning tests that God laughs at because they lack faith. To trust that God has the ability to do whatever we need. I will supply all your need. How simple is that? I will supply all your need. No reason to stay awake at night fretting. No reason to worry. No reason to fret and doubt. Here's what Jesus said to his disciples. Take no thought for tomorrow what you will eat or what you will wear. Now here's a journey that the Lord sends them on and he's telling them what to do and where to go and how to do it. And then he tells them, take no thought what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear because I'm going to supply it. How many of us with blind faith could go out and do exactly that? We would be trying to pack Sack lunches just in case that faith doesn't work. And, you know, well, I have a lightweight bag that I could pack, you know, at least an overnight kit with fresh socks for tomorrow. Hello? Anybody with me? You know, just in case God doesn't come through, the kind of faith that reco- that that calls for a miracle is the kind of faith that will take a step at the word of the Lord that says, "Go out and do what I'm telling you to do." Take no thought for tomorrow, and the, here the they, they go out without even thinking. I come this morning to, to to try to give you enough scriptural references to encourage your faith to believe that you've been asking God for something, trusting God for something, and the Lord is saying, "Take a step of faith." Take Take a step of faith, take a step of faith, but seek ye first. Well, if I do that, pastor, then there's no way that I'm going to be able to do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things are going to be added. That's the word of God, not the word of the pastor. The word of God says put God first and everything else will come through. Can I say to you this morning that obedience to God's plan is the best insurance policy you can possibly have. I believe it was David who was one time a young man and now he's an old man and he says it like this, I've been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. (laughs) The coin in the fish's mouth was just enough to meet the, 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 the need that Peter had to pay his taxes, but there was no extra. But you know what? Had the taxes been a little higher, I got a feeling the coin would have been a little more valuable because whatever you need, God has the ability to meet that need. But God depends, intends for us to depend on Him every day. That's, why was, that's what He was teaching the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness. He wouldn't let them get up and pick up manna for tomorrow. He, they had to pick up manna today for today. Because if they picked up any extra, tomorrow it's rotten. Tomorrow it stinks. So tomorrow, you got to get up and get manna for tomorrow. But today, you've got to get manna for today. Here's why God doesn't fill you with the Holy Ghost and give you a one-time blessing that's supposed to take you through the rest of your life, and you never need anything else. That's why, because He wanted you to show up today and say, God's going to supply my need for today. And next week, you got to show back up. God's going to supply my need for today. God's going to supply my need for today. He's not going to give you more than what you need for today. But he's got enough to meet your need today and tomorrow and next week and next month and next year. But he wants to see the faith and the power work through you to say, I'm going to trust him for tomorrow and I'm going to work for today. I don't know if I'm helping anybody this morning. So where's it going to come from? How's God going to meet my need? What's the resource? Sometimes God is waiting on us to get desperate, waiting for us to get a full parking lot, sitting out chairs on special services before he comes through and meets the need. And we're saying, where's the resource going to come from? We don't know, but God's going to meet the need. Sometimes God's waiting for us to spend all that we have on physicians and reach a point where we say, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. You see, the desperate situation calls for desperate means. My God shall supply all our need. I'm closing this morning, but I just want to tell you, God shall supply all your need for healing. God will supply all your need for blessing. God will supply all your need for mercy. God will supply all your need for grace. God will supply all your need for help. Whatever you need, God will supply it. The songwriter said, every time I turn around, he keeps making a way for me. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm going to speak for me every time I feel like I can't go any further. I don't know where I'm going turn where it's going to come from God always comes through in the nick of time and he comes through with more than enough to meet my need is there anybody in this house this morning that can witness God's never let you down God's never failed us he's never forsaken us he's never walked away from us he's always been there with more than enough to meet our needs stand with me this morning If you don't know about that power that I preached about this morning, about the power that worketh in us, that power of the Holy Ghost that works through us, if you don't feel like God is working for you this morning, you need to know Him in a more real way. I open these altars today and give you an opportunity to step out from where you are and say, I'm coming to Him this morning because I want Him working in my life. There's nothing greater than the power of the Holy Ghost working in your life. Nothing greater than God ministering and working through you. He'll give you strength for today and strength for tomorrow and strength for your journey. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed throughout the room this morning. Maybe there would be one in the room today that would lift a hand and say, Pastor, you've preached to me today. I need to increase my faith. I need to trust God more than I've ever trusted before. Thank you for those hands this morning. Thank you all over the room. I see hands being raised today. God, increase our faith this morning. I open these altars for you to respond today. If the Lord is speaking to your heart today, why don't you let him minister help and strength to you this morning. Let him minister to you today. For my God shall supply all of your needs.